You are listening to the Pay Me Inequity Podcast, where money and motivation meet. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Asarte Yarnway, and together we'll embark on a journey to explore ways that we can design your wealth on your terms through equity and more. So sit back, turn your speakers up, and enjoy the show. This podcast is brought to you by Burke Nell Financial Group, a fee-only independent wealth management firm serving clients who get paid equity across the country. Through their right planning process, Burkno tasks itself with creating roadmaps to help their clients reach their financial goals. For more information, visit burknell.com. You are listening to another episode of Pay Me in Equity. I'm your host, Desarte Yarnway, founder and managing director of Burknell Financial Group. And this is one of the episodes that I've been looking forward to. I've been thinking about my business and thinking about being more impactful, more intentional um, as we grow, as we are being paid attention to now, right? And it's just it's just my way to bless other people, right? Doing more pro bono work, as I told Vance before this, right? And uh, just making sure I'm paying it forward. So without further ado, my friend, Vance Roche. Vance, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Desarte is good to be here. Appreciate it. It's good to have you here, man. And um, I was actually introduced to you by our good friend, Casey. That's um, it. So, Casey, if you're listening, shout out shout to you. Shout out, man. Let's go. Shout out the to homie. you. Um, Vance, I'm so impressed with what you've been able to build, but more so with your heart. You know what I mean? I think that at the onset of all successful, quote unquote, businesses, there's a intentionality. There's a pureness of heart there. And there's a servant leadership's mind mindset, Right. Um, and I think I see that in you. I see that in you because that's how I started my business. I was like, look, this is done the wrong way. And I believe that there's a way to do it the right way. And although, you know, you learn some stuff, you take some some punches on the chin on the way, your your heart is still set at serving, right? And I think that's what you have going on right now. So before I sing your praises, um, go ahead and tell the people that are listening a little bit about you. I appreciate that, man. That Those are kind words. And uh, I know we've become fast friends. It's good to be here. Vance Rausch, I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Overflow, which makes it super easy for churches, nonprofits, universities to accept stock and crypto donations. So that's just a simple line of what we do today. But maybe I could talk a little bit about the origin story behind it. And it really comes from my background. So I grew up in Seattle went to University of Washington, got married right after we graduated. Me and my wife, Kim, moved down to the Bay Area. I was pursuing a career in technology. I got an offer at Google. My wife got a job teaching in San Jose through Teach for America, and we started our lives. Um, We met, though, at a local church up in Seattle, and so we we knew faith was going to be a big part of our marriage. So we started looking for churches and really couldn't find one. We met a couple that wanted to start a church. They're Australian. They wanted to start a church in the Silicon Valley and move from Sydney to the Silicon Valley to do it. And we decided to partner with them to to start that church because we couldn't find one that we really fit. And so that's kind of one of the big notable pieces of what happened in the past decade. 2012, we church planted a church called Vive Church um, based in Palo Alto with seven people in a living room. That's how it started. Seven, seven people in a living room. Jeez. And t- yeah. And today, nine years later, exactly, we have 4,000 people across 10 physical locations around the world. 
And so that's been a big part of our life is community building, is to see people getting connected to a place that they can belong, that they can get the help that they need, they can find hope. And through that process, one theme that's carried out through this past decade is this theme of generosity. So as you might know, uh, the church historically, and even still to today, is one of the most charitable vehicles on the planet, right? It's where people come together in community, but not just come together in community, they often give, right? Not to just build a church, but to, to partner with local needs in the community. And so literally over the last nine years, as our church has grown to 4,000 people, we've seen thousands and thousands of people sacrifice millions of dollars. We've raised tens of millions of dollars to date uh, to continue to solve problems in the cities that we serve. And I've been personally inspired um, by this theme of generosity and what it can unlock and the impact that it can have. And so all that to say, fast forward you know, to November 2019, I decided to start a company really founded on that principle of generosity, specifically on a proverb, Proverbs 11, 24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And so that's the heart behind overflow. There's a lot of other details that we could probably dig into about how I, you know, aim to solve a specific problem to start this company, but, but that's the origin story and that's the heart behind why, why we started it. Let me talk to you about that uh, meeting with the Australian couple. I think you told me that story <laughs> yeah. before, right? Now, I was 24 when I started my business. And to be honest with you, at that age, you feel like you can do anything and you're just running on like this emotion and yeah. you're passionate about a particular thing. Um, and I was a little naive about the whole business ownership thing, right? I didn't know what it entailed. I just know that I knew that I wanted to make a change. I knew that my heart was hurting. I had lost my brother um, earlier that year. And I knew wow. I had to do something about it because you have one life to live. You know what I mean? So I'm yes. like, I'm not going to waste any more time on the clock because you have one. And after going through these losses, I'm like, I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. Now, at your young age, graduating from college, moving to the Bay Area, meeting with that Australian couple, like, what was it that was really pulling you in a direction to say, like, yo, this is something, this is something that we're going to do? That's such a great question. I'm, I'm glad we're going to dig into this because I think it's going to help a lot of people. So 21 years old, right? Uh, my wife and I recently married, literally, like, just a couple months in to our marriage, uh, we meet this Australian couple. By the way, the, the way that we met them was we connected on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> shout so out I Twitter. Call, I've hey, met so many people on Twitter. Hey, shout out to Twitter, man. Like I call it the holy dove because of that interaction. <laughs> I, know it's not, I know it's not that for a lot of people, but, um, but it, was, it was a divine connection for sure. And essentially, long story short, the way the interaction went was, you know, pastors Adam and Kira, they're our pastors now, they, they DM'd us and they said, hey, we heard you all are looking for a church. We're going to start a church in the Silicon Valley. We'd love to connect. And so principle number one, you know, oftentimes life travels at the speed of relationship. Okay. And so a relationship can, can unlock a whole new trajectory. So be open <laughs> to meeting people, um, I guess, is the, the first thing that I would say. So we, we connected with them, right? They actually took a trip. They were still in Sydney at the time. They took a trip, fly over to check out the space. And, and on that trip, we, we, uh, we met them. And so I would say this, after just a couple hours of touring Google and Stanford, we ended up at a Thai restaurant 
And as we sat down to start eating our pad thai and our pad siu and our fried rice, they started talking about this vision that they had for a modern expression of church in the Bay Area, where thousands of young people um, would be, you know, finding community, be finding their calling, be finding their purpose in life. Um, you know, all across the Bay Area, the same people that invented the iPad that are working on Facebook that are designers um, at Google, they, they would actually be coming to this community and finding purpose. And as they were talking, I'm just literally eating Pad Thai. Number one, I got really inspired by their vision, right? I was like, wow, we, we know we want to be a part of a church and, and the church that you're describing, this futuristic church, you know, that doesn't exist yet seems really compelling, right? So I was, I was captivated by the, the vision and the way they articulated the vision. Um, number two, to your earlier point, and I think this will help a lot of people, they, they said after that whole vision pitch, right? They said, so join us, start it with us. And, and dude, I said yes, and my wife said yes, not because we were super smart, but I think we were just super naive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so sometimes, I mean, like sometimes, honestly, God will hide stuff from you and not tell you the whole story. Because if you knew the whole story, you probably would say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but based on naivety, we said yes. And it's probably one of the best decisions we ever made. That's awesome, man. And thank God for naivety because yeah, it man. got me here. <laughs> That's what I'm it saying. Got, it got me here, man. I want to talk about overflow, though. I mean, yeah. it's a phenomenal idea now. A lot of the clients that I work with, they want to do some sort of charitable giving, right? They've recently had their company IPO or, you know, acquired their shares are vesting. And if they are a faith, they're thinking about ways to give back or they're just good people, right? They're like, hey, how can I pour into other people because I'm lucky or I'm blessed or whatever word they want to use to it? I'm blessed to be in this circumstance. So I want to actually give us an overview of overflow and exactly how it works. Yeah, you're exactly right. And your type of clients that you serve, Desarte, is, 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 is it exactly the type of donors that use our platform. So check this out. What, what happens is with churches, nonprofits, and universities, the donors they already have, right? People that are already supporting them, yeah. the, the top ones actually have 90% of their wealth in non-cash assets. So, you know, kind of like Kevin Hart, you know, it's like, you know, checking savings <laughs> um, type of thing. We don't, we don't got a lot in that. We don't got a lot liquid, right? And, and but when you think about it, we're, we're blessed uh, or we have an abundance, we have an overflow in things like our stock portfolio. And with years like what we just experienced, for some people, crypto portfolio mm-hmm. now, right? Um, but the thing is that, you know, churches, nonprofits and universities, they explicitly ask for support from their donors in the form of checking, savings, ACH debit credit, okay? So it's the big, biggest missed opportunity in terms of nonprofits educating their supporters about a better way to give. Um, so why is it you know, better to consider giving from your stock portfolio directly? Well, number one, like I said, it allows people to oftentimes be more generous because they have more resources in that area. But number two, it's the most tax efficient way to give. And so 
you were alluding to this, but basically what your clients, you know, probably because of you and, and, and the education that you provide, um, but what most people don't know is that they're going to be subject to capital gains tax at any yep. point they realize those gains that they've experienced. Mm -hmm. But if they want to do good with some of those gains and donate a portion of those capital gains to, let's say, Street Code Academy, an incredible East Palo Alto nonprofit, or their local church, or their alma mater, mm -hmm. when they make that donation, number one, they get a charitable tax deduction on the fair market value of what that stock now represents. But when the charity nonprofit or church liquidates it and uses it for good, they're not subject to any of those capital gains tax as a 501c3 tax exempt organization. Right. It becomes a win-win situation for both the giver and the cause that they're giving to. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. And that's one of the things I wanted to hit on education. Right. I think yes. part of the job that I have, like I wrote this blog the other day called I don't want to be just an advisor mm. because I think that that's selling the work that we do very short. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not here to just be like, hey, invest in this or this. But it's so you can use your money. You can optimize your money to do so much good yeah. for your family and for your community around you. And yes. I think that's bigger than just being an advisor. You are yes. now a. Uh, confidant, you're our partner. Yes. In making this person's life everything that they imagine it to be. Yes. So when you think about like philanthropy and giving, that's a part of some like somebody's holistic life. Like that's a part of our human nature is to be communal, right? And giving is a big part of what it means to be communal, right? That selflessness aspect. So when I hear you, you know, ideas like overflow, you're just helping us do what we naturally want to do. Right. I love game. that you said that. There's this, um, I'll, I'll send it to you. Remind me, there's this study that Berkeley put out a few years ago. Go Bears, that's my alma mater. Oh, what? That's, that's <laughs> up. Okay, so, so check this out. What, what, they, what they found um, is that they did this study. When you give financially, not just of your time, like you give mm -hmm. money, right? It actually releases a dopamine in your brain on the level of when you get to shelter or when you eat food. That's how much we are pre-wired as human beings to give. And whether you read that study or not, generally, I think people agree with that. I think people generally understand that the concept of it is better to give than to receive. There's literally so much intrinsic value that you get from living open-handed and living a generous yep. lifestyle, right? Right. I think so, too. And it all comes back. You know, there's been times all when comes back. I was the person giving and there's been other times when I was I was in need. You know yes. what I mean? And things came to me. Right. And without those generous hearts, I doubt that I would be in a position that I'm in right now. So it's always been a part of my life. Now, let's let's talk logistics about overflow. Right. How did you create the company? Like, let's walk through <laughs> that process. Right. We're in an age right now where, number one, Ideas are circulating 100 miles an hour, yeah. right? What makes a good idea, I don't know, right? But I know that everybody has an idea and there are a lot of founders listening to this conversation. So tell us about that founder story and just yeah. how, how it worked out for you. Yeah, totally. That's a good point on ideas. I think ideas as much as it's focused on the solution is a little bit misguided, right? Mm -hmm. When people are too focused on the solution and too focused on the idea, 
they lose sight of the execution and the actual yep. problem that they're trying to solve. So some of the most successful entrepreneurs I know don't focus too much on the solution. They actually go really deep into the problem. And so the reason I say that is because my founding story is living the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So as a pastor at Vive Church, um, the seat that I sit in is treasurer on the board. Mm -hmm. And uh, mid-2019, I started having these increasing conversations with people around how they wanted to give stock to Vive, to, to the church. And it was Facebook employees, Google employees, Amazon employees, but even the construction worker, you know, at my church that was in a Vanguard ETF for the past decade that was sitting, all, sitting on pretty significant gains. He was even like, how do I give some of this ETF to, to the church? And at the time, that was the pain point and that was the problem. I didn't know how to accept those donations for the church. And so what I did was instead of saying no, because I knew that there was a lot of opportunity to, to capture some value, to do some good work here. I went to Fidelity, by the way, that was a little bit painful. It took me three weeks to open up a Fidelity entity brokerage account. I got the account information. Fidelity gave me a list of instructions to provide back to the giver. And then I was really excited that this was going to unlock some giving in stock for the church. But, you know, a little bit disappointing. I waited a few weeks and nothing came through to our brokerage account. Yeah. And so I went to my, one of my friends and I was like, hey, man, you, you said that you were going to donate some Facebook stock. You, you good? Like, is, you know, yeah. is everything, you got all the information because I, I just haven't seen it in the brokerage account. And, you know, as a treasurer on the board, that's already an awkward conversation, but I was trying yeah. to get to the bottom of it. Like, where the money at? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And so you don't have those conversations, but I was trying to get to the bottom of why, why people said they wanted to do it, but they weren't doing it. And then he said, Vance, I'm so sorry. I'm going to do it. I promise. It's just when I took your instructions, I gave it to Charles Schwab yeah. and they told me to download this form, to fill it out physically, and then to fax it in. I just haven't had a chance to do it. Right. And that's when I had the epiphany moment. I was like, oh, if you tell a millennial, does Arte to fax in anything? It's not happening. Not at all. It's, it's not happening, bro. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so if I can actually make this as easy as Venmo, where they don't have to touch any paperwork, they don't have to fax in anything, but it's, it's, an, it's an app. It's a, it's a website. They, they could just do everything online, right? I bet you I would unlock unprecedented amounts of giving to our church. And so that's what I did, man. I, I, I partnered up with an engineer and we came up with an online version of the manual process that they would ha have had to do. And then I sent a link to a thousand active recurring givers at our church, November 3rd, mm. 2019. And I said, hey, if you ever thought about donating stock to the church, you can do so now completely online through this new platform called Overflow. After I sent that email, Three days later, I got 32 responses and we raised $1.1 million in three days. Wow. And then, dude, from there, it was like, let's, let's build this out and share this with the world. That's awesome, man. 
That is awesome. And, you know, from my seat, I see how complicated it is, right? I don't yeah. know if a lot of people understand how complicated what right. you said is. Like, literally, when you're making a transfer, you're going to do a cat transfer. Yes. I don't know if you've been able to learn about those things. DTC, yep. when they yes. push it to you, right? There's so many different types of transfers. And traditionally, an a cat transfer used to take like seven to 10 business yes. days. Right. And it was a manual paper process. DTC yes. transfers even longer. If you yes. if you have shares at like a place like Computer Share, which I know a lot of our listeners yes. do, if you work for a te- that's so painful, like to do painful. that. Right. So like the fact that you've simplified this process so they don't feel any of that is huge. huge. It's huge. And I think that we're in this place where custodians is what we call them, like fidelity, like altruists, like Charles Schwab, right? They have to, they have to make the process that way because we're in a digital age. We're in a digital age. We're, we're glued to our phones. We're transacting through our phones. We're buying stuff through our phones. Right. Um, and you were ahead of that, that curve and you got that done. So big ups to you. Appreciate that. Yeah. 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 You get it, man. Yeah. The, the manual nature, we're like kind of understanding it, but it, when, when somebody actually goes through it, especially with, you know, custodians like computer share, like you said, that is like in the stone age. Yeah. Um, it is a really poor, and here's the, here's the tragedy is that people actually want to give. Mm-hmm. And I've had people that have given millions of dollars, but because it took them 45 days and a packet of paperwork, they end up giving that million dollars, but they don't feel good about it. So guess what? They're not going to want to do it again. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a missed opportunity. If you can make it pleasant enough of an experience they're going to be excited to do it next year and the year after to create this lifestyle of giving from their overflow what do you what have you learned about people in the process of building (laughs) this business right because i feel like one of the things i learned from my business it's like a class on people science right like yes people react to things differently um people really don't care about the outcome but the experience sometimes right like because you, you just said the outcome was giving, but their experience is horrible. They're not going to want to go through that experience again, right? So, like, yeah. what things have you learned from dealing with people and learning from them, right, through the course of building this business? Yeah. You know, technology, specifically companies like Amazon and Venmo, have really changed the game uh, of our generation's psychology. Okay. Okay. So, what I mean by that is... If I can be an Amazon Prime user and literally click a button to order a bathtub and it shows up at my doorstep in two hours, mm-hmm. I'm not faxing a form to donate one share of Uber to my alma mater. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just not like I'm not doing that. It's just it's so mind-boggling to people if you introduce them any sort of manual work. So one thing that I learned about people is that you know people today. We are so conditioned on convenience. Mm-hmm. We're so conditioned on convenience. And even though like those forms are not even that hard, just yeah. because there's some sort of laborious aspect to it, um, you know, only the super motivated will go through it. But if you can make it streamlined and easy, you really unlock opportunity that otherwise wouldn't have existed. So can, the convenience thing about people, I kind of knew it but I've been shocked of how prevalent it actually is, um, which is good for us because we help solve that, solve that problem. Um, the other thing I think I've learned about people is that we're still, in my mind, 
at the very early innings of what generosity should look like in oh, our wow. plan, in our planet. And the, the why I would say that is I th- I think that people are largely um, fixed on giving when there's some sort of gain for them. Yeah. Right. I yeah, think, unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I think that you know we're still as the you know as humanity i'm including myself in this we're always looking at okay cool like how how does this benefit me mm-hmm. right and so and and you know part of it is like you know for us to understand that we are trying to leverage that type of ego for good yeah because you can't escape that and not all ego is necessarily bad, but how can we redeem it to, to, to actually unlock impact? And so part of it is that I know that people do certain things for signal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how can I build signal into my brand and my product? What I mean by that is if that's how people are wired, why don't I just make giving cool? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, you know, over time, hopefully, people start getting to this place where it's not just about being cool, but it's about being effective and selfless, but you can't expect people to go zero to a hundred real quick. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you got to take people on a journey. And so, um, so that's what I've kind of learned is that we're still very much at the very early stages of where generosity could really be. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. What is your hopes for this generosity campaign that we're on? Right. To say, Hey, yeah. Giving is much better than getting. And when you give, you actually gain more. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about anything, um, you know, physical, but you gain a lot from giving. That's it. It does something to your heart, right? So what is your hope for this giving campaign? What is your your hope for people as they learn to give, they learn to be selfless, they learn um, to help their their neighbor? What's your goals for that? Yeah. I love that question. I think about this a lot. Our mission is to inspire the world to give, and we're going to continue to exist as a company until every human being on the planet experiences the life of the generous, Mm -hmm. whether it's on the giving end or whether it's on the receiving end, because we know that generosity can transform a life. So what my hope is, is that we progress to the place in our society where we're not just fixated on, you know, me giving this does this. I think that's mm-hmm. important and that should become table stakes that every cause and nonprofit is so clear on what this resource can unlock and do. I just, I hope that becomes just normal, right? Where it's not ambiguous anymore. That's just super clear. But I hope that we evolve to not just care about, oh, when I give this, it does this, mm-hmm. but to a place where I need to give because I'm wired to give, right? right? And so here's, here's why that nuance, I think, is, is powerful. Um, you're in the financial space. Uh, you know, one thing that's really exploding is fintech, okay? And, and the predominant theme in fintech right now is personal finance. And so you can read TechCrunch or you can read the news, and you can literally see a new personal finance app launch, I feel like, every month. For sure. <laughs> right. And so what are, what are people trying to get at and what are people trying to back and invest into? They're, they're trying to invest into an app that's going to help people 
with managing their money, but everybody is tackling it in a very backwards way. Everybody is tackling it from a place of defense. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at any personal finance app, it's centered on how much can I save for myself? How good can I budget and how much can I save for my, myself? And that's why there's a new one every single month is because you know, not one app has actually solved it yeah. because you're playing defense and it's a very like insular view of your finances. My argument is this, that the finance, the FinTech app that's actually going to win is the one that actually plays offense, not defense. So it's not mm -hmm. about how much can I save for myself? It's about a higher calling. How much can I give to others? Right. And so this is what happens. You know, I download a personal finance app because I already know I make a hundred, but I spend 120. So I download, let's just say the OG one mint.com and I categorize all my expenses. I stop looking at it because it produces more anxiety because I know that now it just categorized and showed me how much I'm overspending. Yeah. <laughs> right. But if I told you that, man, life is not about consumerism, you should actually allocate 10% of all that you're blessed with. And you could actually, you should actually predetermine that you're going to give it all of a sudden I'm changing your behavior. You're not going to live on 120 anymore. You're going to live on 90. Yep. Right. And now my purpose for earning is not just for myself. My purpose for earning is so that I can give more. And that's when people have financial freedom. I actually believe that generosity is the cornerstone of people being financially free because when you can't give your money, it's a master over you. Yeah. It tells you what you can and cannot do with it. But when I can say, hey, money, you know, you're going to go there and you're going to go there and I can let go of you. I can release you. All of a sudden, money is not a master over your life anymore. It's crazy you say that. I'm, I'm having memories about my mom. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that it was like financially irresponsible, but she used to say things like, it's just money. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just money or like, you know, mm. just different phrases. Like you can't take it with you when you're gone type thing. Mm. She's the like growing up now, she's the most financially savvy person I know. Boom. And the way that I guess it worked was that money was never the thing that drove her. Yes. It was never the thing that motivated her to get up in the morning. You know yes. what I mean? When there was a need to use her money to fulfill that need for us, her family, especially my yep. dad, not there, right? Wow. But it was never her master. So now when I hear, I say it now to my wife, I'm like, yo, it's just money. And that means we shouldn't be so attached to it. So it. the same thing that you just said um, reinforces that to be like, yo, it's just money. Use it for good. Well, well another, another picture, right, is that when you live life like this. Yeah. Not, nothing can flow to you or through you, mm -hmm. right? But when you live life like this, right? Now all of a sudden, you know, resources flowing through me because I'm generous, but now it can flow to me freely as well because right. I'm, I'm entrusted. And so that, that's, that's kind of like what my aim is, is for people to understand that sentiment actually is like really powerful. It's, it's just money, it's yeah. just money. And, you know, when you shift that mindset, obviously that's paired with responsibility and stewardship and um, being smart and educated, yeah. right? But when it's not all consuming and you understand the bigger purpose for your life, then you can see that, wow, 
it's not actually like a zero sum game. Like it's not, I don't have a scarcity mentality. Actually there's abundance. Yep. And when I have a higher purpose, that abundance will flow through me to my calling. For sure. Fans, incredible, bro. Incredible. And I, as Come I said on, before, man. let me know if there's anything that I can do to continue to, you know, push you, pray for you on your journey. Appreciate it. Overflow. I know that you guys are about to change the world and I'm excited to sit back and see it. Before I let you go, uh, where can people follow along if they want to give, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, right? Or even go to Vive Church. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So if uh, anybody wants to check out what we've been up to uh, and how we serve churches, nonprofits, and, and, and givers to unlock generosity, go to overflow.co, not .com, .co overflow.co. And then you can follow me, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, just search Vance Roush, V-A-N-C-E-R-O-U-S-H. Come through. My church is in five locations in the Bay Area. We're also in five locations across the globe. So we have 10 locations total. You can find all those locations at vivechurch.org, vivechurch.org. Vance, this has been a vibe, and I can't wait to visit Vive <laughs> Church. I appreciate you. All you listening, you know where to find us, www.berknell.com, at Desarte Yarwe on Twitter. We appreciate you. Another episode of Pay Me an Equity. Until next time, we'll see you soon. The Berknell Client Community is an inclusive community of ambitious individuals, families, and business owners who are impacting the world in their own special way. If you're interested in learning more, visit berknell.com to schedule your consultation. And be sure to follow me at the Sarte Yarnway on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on this podcast. Until next time, onward to greatness.